Hello. Hello. I'm Sammy. And I'm Kelsey. And this is Drink Compatible. Woo woo. It's a podcast about blockbusters, booze, and best friends. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and it's the fifth one. So hold on to your butts. Hold on to your We're hold- not doing that movie. <laughs> God, which movie is that? Jurassic again? Park. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Good. We are doing that movie at some point. I was but... going to say, we're only wearing the merchandise. <laughs> but not today. Today we are doing... Annihilation. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Directed by Alex Garland in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, it stars Natalie Portman, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Tessa Thompson, Gina Rodriguez, Tuva Novotny... Tuna. Tuva Novotny, I think? I said Tuva. Yeah, you, you, you said it right. Tuva Novotny. Yeah. yeah. And, and Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to clip that for some sort of soundboard. I don't know what the utility is, but it'll have it. Um, so this is a great movie. Um, and we thought five episodes in is um, long enough for us to delve into like deep existential horror. <laughs> Absolutely. We've been doing too much. We've been doing a lot of action. Yeah. Yeah. So we thought we'd put some horror into the action. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I think we were, when we were deciding, we were like, it was between like comedy or something non-action-y and then like horror. And we made like a short list among our, our list of already compiled things we want to eventually do episodes on. Um, <laughs> and we basically said at the count of uh, like one, two, three, go, let's say out loud. And in a surprising <laughs> turn of events. We both said Annihilation because again, we are drink compatible <laughs> and then i'll just put some like air horns or something in there uh yeah, yeah. that's good i yeah. think so clip that one in <laughs> put me behind the wheel saying you're my baby <laughs> you're my baby i am your baby <laughs> so this movie was loved pretty universally by critics i think it was like 88 on rotten tomatoes oh dang pretty good not so much loved by the box office not it's, surprising. Yeah. Uh, and it was like the same year and like almost same season where it was going up against Black Panther. I saw that. Yeah. yeah that's a rough one. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's sci-fi and that's always a tough one yeah. to like serve to the masses. And actually on that, um, I was reading that apparently during like a test screening, um, one of the guys from um, Skydance, the uh, production company that's like financing the whole thing, um saw saw the movie like of the the final cut and said this is too intellectual you need to dumb it down i know and the producer sorry gotta dumb it down for my dog brain (laughs) key rice (laughs) don't let me get too worked up with my big brain thoughts over here not enough car flips i thought (laughs) not enough talk about family not (laughs) It's about the fan. Hold on. I would actually love to watch a, a, a version of Annihilation. Okay, I'm just saying, Gina Rodriguez. She, oh my God, you're right. Yes. <laughs> it's in universe. It is. <laughs> yeah, just repl- okay, replace Natalie Portman with um, Vin Diesel, of course. Um, the bear with the rock. The bear with the rock. He's like, help me. <laughs> I'm a cop. Help me. I'm a cop, I think. <laughs> it's a little unclear. Everything was a little fuzzy after the fifth movie. Yeah, I was sleepy every time I watched it. I mean, Sammy was sleepy every time they watched it. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Well, evidently, um, the director of this film mm. tried to 
kind of leave the film in almost like a dreamlike quality um, as it was an adaptation of the book Annihilation. The first of like a trilogy. What is it called? I forget the name of the trilogy. Isn't it like it's like circle or like no, a, it's not a, or a one word thing? No, that's two words. Two words. Southern Reach trilogy. We were all wrong. <laughs> it's three words. It's pretty good. Um, who's it by? Uh, Jeff Vandermeer. Gotcha. Um, and I guess when the film was first in production, only the manuscript for the first book was out. So, uh, with uh, Vandermeer's permission, Alex actually kind of took the interpretation of the book into his own hands. So fans of the Southern Reach trilogy, that is why it deviates to such a degree. That's it's, actually impressive. <laughs> right? I kind of thought so. I didn't realize that. I, I never read the book, um, but one of my good friends has and went into the movie knowing the difference or that it was an adaptation and came out of it loving both but uh, citing the differences um but yeah so that's basically the here and there why it is it's uh own perfect adaptation i guess i think so it's we are <laughs> we're, we're gonna start getting into like a rut of like mo movies that are based on books that are are different than the book but are still pretty good <laughs> <laughs> not a lot but also also i give a lot of a pass <laughs> yeah but this isn't just a podcast about um good cinema this is a podcast about good cocktails too mm -hmm. and, and boy do we have a good one this this week yeah this is a beautiful one we're very happy with this one this is um this is one we got from i think it was drinkswhoeat.com i'll double check that and link it in the um twitter but um, it's called The Shimmer. It's a um, bit of gin, bit of elderflower liqueur, dash of absinthe, topped with sparkling rosé. And the thing that really... Uh, um, sells this? Sells this, yeah. Is uh, is The Shimmer. Is The Shimmer. <laughs> There's, uh, do you want to tell us about The Shimmer? Uh, yeah, so in the movie slash book... Actually, I'm not sure of the book, so don't quote me. <laughs> um, in the movie, at least, uh, they uh, the main characters approach this force field or something mm -hmm. i forget it's been a while um it's called the shimmer so that's what this drink is named after and it is full of edible shimmer dust that <laughs> of course i had on hand when sammy asked because i am a baker so i just have that in my arsenal yeah. I, it's it's not even the only one i have i have like two or three other colors so <laughs> that rules it's this is a very pretty drink to look at i'm gonna post like not only like the usual picture, but like, I don't know, a video or something. Yes, it's gorgeous. And if you ever want to make anything shimmery or like relive your hypnotic days, uh, <laughs> we all go there some days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you could totally just find this at like a Joanne's, Michael's, uh, any sort of hobby store um, that also encourages baking. And it's worth it. It's really fun. Mm -hmm. I, it's, I'm having so much fun just looking at it. But... We are also going to drink it, and and we feel it and all feel over it. my hands Almost and my face. Certainly. Oh, you mean the actual? Yeah. Well, uh, that's it. <laughs> um, so we found the drinking game rules from our our favorite drinkone.ca with a very trusty busty <laughs> drink.ca. That's exactly it. Uh, <laughs> um, with a very comfortable lime greens and oranges. Um, I find comfort in that. I yeah, it's I think the so. '90s kid in me. <laughs> um, so the drinking game rules for this 
game are uh, drink anytime anyone says or you see the shimmer. I didn't realize it's when you see it visually as well. Does this it could... count for the drink? Don't look at your glass. <laughs> no! We just made our own horror movie. Oh, no. We tend to. Uh, drink anytime anyone says or you see the lighthouse. <laughs> Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. <laughs> Good movie. Bad luck to kill a seabird. We might do that at some point. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's a it's a time. So you take two drinks. I yeah, will. Uh, drink anytime a cell splits. Um, it happens. Um. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> hey, it happens, kid. Ah, cells are gonna split. Come on. Hey, I'm splitting here. <laughs> drink anytime there's a flashback or forward. Uh, and drink any time someone or something is killed. Jesus. So we've got a lot of, uh, a lot, a lot to consider here. <laughs> well, it looks like this movie isn't the only one that's going to get annihilationed. Um... So those are the drinking game rules. For those of you drinking at home with us, first, drink responsibly. Make sure to hydrate. I don't know, have some snacks or something. Um, but we will be checking back in at a midway point, and that midway point happens... Um, 56. 56 minutes, exactly. And and the best description I can give you of that scene is, it's a nighttime scene that becomes a daytime scene. After Natalie Portman yells. After Natalie Portman yells. And they're going into a swamp. And they're going into a swamp. Again. <laughs> this could be several scenes. But it's at 56 minutes. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts before we get uh, annihilating? I don't think so. I'm ready to take this shimmery drink. Absolutely. <laughs> mm, let's go into the shimmer. Let's go into the shimmer. And welcome back. Hey. We are at minute 56 and feeling just dandy. Yeah. And just unraveled even. She says it earlier. There's oh, okay. <laughs> I'm willing to go along with the pun, but I need a, I need a lead. And throw me a rope or maybe a yarn. So we, uh, hmm. we, we picked a fun, chill uh, midway point. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of forgot what that scene meant. Yeah. Um, that was drastic. Oh, my God. Like, I, I thought, like, okay, it's been since 2018, since I've seen this movie. And, yeah, I uh, I mean, obviously, you know, people get off in this. But if you haven't seen it, sorry. But also, like, you know, spoilers yeah. don't mean anything. It's what happens in the movie. <laughs> it's how the movie tells it. And also, like, by this point, yeah, Come on. you should have been expecting it. I don't know. That was just, like sudden yeah like the bear came out of nowhere surprise is a bear isn't it's that not like a, a it's not a spoiler thing <laughs> exit pursuit by a bear <laughs> yeah. winter's uh, tail i think it is i don't know <laughs> oh god what a gorgeous film my god yeah we were um while we were watching the movie trying to find a concept art book or like an art direction book I, I don't know if there is one. But... There better fucking be at some point. Because damn, I mean, like the the 
uh, scene where they find the guy in the swimming pool or the guy's remains in the swimming pool, which we might have to take a drink to later. Mm-hmm. Wasn't sure if that was a confirmed kill or not, but um, he probably... Uh, he seems pretty dead. God, probably. gorgeous, though. Gorgeous. Very pretty. That, um, just any, any, honestly, everything they've seen in the Shimmer. Yes, um, the shimmer itself. Oh yeah, that I too. love that like oily bubble look. Oh, that's, good. Ugh, that's, that's good. beautiful. <laughs> I was one of those kids that always really liked the look of like oil on the ground and water. No, we were we were destined to be best friends. I was the same way. <laughs> I felt bad for it because I knew the implications. Right. <laughs> regardless, but kind pretty. of like this movie. Actually, honestly. yeah, <laughs> um, it's gorgeous. Feel bad about it because it does definitely kill things. Um. So, movie is about. Some weird stuff happening on the East Coast. Succinct, call it. <laughs> All right, thanks for tuning in, guys. <laughs> Play the credits. Um, no, um, the vague gist is Natalie Portman and Oscar Isaac are married. Well, the characters are married. I don't know if they are close like that. God, and can I just say, Oscar Isaac, like, uh, if you've only seen him in Heartthrob kind of roles yeah damn he can play like a very creepy just he like uh very creepy very uh looming kind of character mm-hmm. he was in that other one ex machina, ex-machina. Yeah, yeah yeah another yeah. just great one he's a great character actor i think phenomenal um but he, he goes off on a secret mission um can't tell natalie portman anything uh comes back a year later um, after Natalie Portman twelve um, months presumes him dead, and he's all he's all fucked up, man. Goes back a little, and sometimes <laughs> things come back whistling a different tune. <laughs> That's gorgeous, and also fuck you. It's <laughs> There is, there's got to be a through line between uh, that Digimon at the end and, and Oscar Isaac's character here. Definitely. Well, you'd see, you'll see it in the concept <laughs> art book. We, ha- we do have to do that movie too. Well, have this. So Oscar Isaac comes back all fucked up, all yucked up. And on way, on route to the hospital, they get pulled over by the cops and... And taken into military custody. Mm-hmm. And then Natalie Portman gets forcibly recruited onto this team that is studying this fantastic phenomenon called the Shimmer that her husband was a part of. Meets up with a crew of people. And then a few days later, they make way into the Shimmer, which they are expected to study as the first group of scientists. Um, with somewhat of a military background, I'm guessing. Yeah, like uh, at least a couple of them. You're right. There's like some spotty. Um, yeah, like Natalie Portman was it was a soldier for seven years, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally AFAB crew, which is awesome. Yeah. Well, we don't know AFAB, but maybe totally. Trans, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I think an- uh, another. Yeah, good. Re- good recap. Uh, the, the the I think the one point would be. Um, Natalie Portman went voluntarily, no? Yes, like Natalie she... Portman did. Uh, I think she wasn't brought on to specifically go into mm-hmm. the shimmer she requested. Yeah. Which, I mean, almost at this point seems like 
that was kind of supposed to happen. Right. Like <laughs> a little uh, convenient, but like right reverse psychology mm-hmm. by the psychologists. <laughs> but it'll they got it, a professional in here. They know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> it'll. <laughs> I love uh, on on the on the professional psychologist. I love her um, bedside manner. I love her character. Um, what's her Ventress? Ventress. I yes, love yes, her character. Yeah. She's so like I. I really want to know honestly how they uh, cast um, the like casting call for this mm-hmm. character because I mean like the absolute weariness that she portrays while like still a sense of professionalism. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, damn, like that scene where she is talking to Natalie Portman when um, uh, her character comes to the psychologist and requests to join the team to go into the shimmer. I love watching that, how she uh, character acts, you know, how yeah. she, she's just like completely leaning into her arm. She's absentmindedly like drawing on something on the desk. I almost hope they show it at some point because like Ooh, it, you, it, yeah. you, it, it lets you hear the sound of a pencil on whatever she is marking on. It's just this complete distracted personality that it's, she has. Yeah, it's really good. It's, it's you get the sense that like she she appreciates the importance of whatever she's doing in the moment, but like that is not the only important thing on her mind. There's clearly like bigger, loftier issues that she's she's dealing with. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean they bring up the fact that it's a suicide mission and. Uh-huh. It's like essential. Like it's it's pretty clear that she knows exactly that that's what she's getting into. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? What other thoughts do I have? I have. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to talk about Benedict Wong real quick. <laughs> he, he he's the um, um, person interviewing uh, Natalie Portman in the sort of um, flash de- debrief. Forward? Flash forward or like yeah, I don't, uh, it is flash forward. Yeah, yeah, flash forward debrief sessions he's the one in the hazmat suit uh, the one the one i mean the one talking in the hazmat suit he's <laughs> he's every movie i've seen him in he's got this this very um no nonsense commanding energy that i just mm-hmm. I, I eat that up so much it's very good and a stance of ted cruz he's a stance like ted cruz <laughs> <laughs> my baby's got a stance like ted cruz <laughs> yeah um, so he's good. I have another note that said that this movie is an escape room for smart people. I read that. <laughs> I, and I wrote that because I was thinking, how would we do if we were in there? I think not terrible. I'll see. I go camping this weekend. Do you? So <laughs> I'll put that to the test. <laughs> we have three Pop-Tarts left and one bag of Oreos. Mm-hmm. It looks like everything I, else has been eaten through. And I blacked out all of Saturday. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> um, we have another thought that Natalie Portman has a tattoo in those flash forward scenes that we do not see in the um, rest of the time. film. Yeah. Even in the flashbacks, I don't remember seeing it on her arm. It's a pretty significant so. infinity symbol um, yeah. in black on her arm that stood out to me. I yeah. don't know if that was just. Does that mean anything? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> Oh, um, and also, uh, more to the point of this show, really good pacing for the drinking game. Yes, yeah. Um, we where, where are you on a scale of one to ten for drunkenness? Um, I'd say like hovering around the five. Honestly, like I'm really feeling this drink. It's a strong drink. It's got a lot of liquor in it. 
Yep. Um, and if you're sipping it, then you might not be completely done with it. Mm-hmm. This is the f- I think the first time where I finished my drink first. I think it might be the second time, um, but that's a lot of that's counting up a lot of times that we drank together. So. True. Um, Surprisingly, folks, we've drank more times than just these five episodes. <laughs> <sighs> I hate to say it. Sorry. Yeah, actually, they actually they, they just uh, responded to my Craigslist ad like, "Hey, do you want to be a podcast uh, a co-host?" Then I did the anime type on the keyboard. Yeah. And now I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no. Um, for the drink, um, I don't know that the drinking game was necessarily paired with this drink, but I think it's. it's oh, it wasn't. It's, well, true. Who uh, knows? But yeah, it's it's. Um, drinking game really good like in the first yeah. uh, scene I think uh, one of the first scenes okay no first scene lighthouse yeah, yes. yeah, yeah so yeah, right yeah. away but then the cell splitting like <laughs> damn oh, I made a joke about like no you're gonna cut to like a whole like screen of just a hundred cells just splitting rapidly. It kind of actually does that a little it bit. It did a bit. I did sort of forget how binary fission works for a mm. bit. It'd be like that. But um, yeah, I'm at a, yeah, a good happy five. Yeah, I like the amount of uh, times we have not had to drink for someone or something being killed yet, too. Halfway through the movie, and that's happened maybe like once or twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Alligator... Uh, Shepherd, and which just happened, so it's kind of unconfirmed so far. Um, and then uh, we should probably take a drink for the we dude that got just absolutely <laughs> just gut blasted in the swimming pool in the deep end. Gut blasted by Oscar Isaac. Mm. There's a bunch of like. If you Google that, let Let's... us know how that goes. <laughs> or not. You could always just not. <laughs> Tweet, me, tweet us at, at Barack Obama. <laughs> um, tweet me at DisneyChannel.com. All right. <laughs> Disney.go.com. Mm-hmm. Tell a parent. Yeah, but the drink is really good. I think the game is pacing really well. Mm-hmm. So we're having a good time and it's a lot of fun over here. The shimmer just gets more shimmery by the end of your drink. It sure does. <laughs> um, I've got an empty glass and it's it, it is still pretty damn shimmery at the bottom. This is, I'll, I'll be honest, there were a couple times when I was just looking at my drink instead of Absolutely! <laughs> no, that's it's so I, pretty. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm like, I'm probably a little bit more drunk than like I thought I'd be at this point, because I'm just enraptured that's, by the shimmer. God, drink for so drink. Good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very good. I'm excited to see the rest of this movie. I know uh, my anticipated scene is upcoming. <laughs> um... But man. Well, with that, we will see you after the lighthouse, right? God, yeah. <laughs> You're going to see us after a lot of <laughs> shit goes down. <laughs> Good right. luck. Catch you on the other side. Hello, space cowboys. <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> End of the movie. Been a wild ride. Uh, yeah. How's it after this psychological horror? Um, well, it's buck wild is how it is. <laughs> Not the first one we had a drinking game to. First one we recorded, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, um, our, the movie we, we got the idea to do, or 
the movie experience, what we got the idea to do this podcast on was The Shining. So mm-hmm. similar vein. Let's start off with our alcohol levels. <laughs> just dive into that. Woof. While drinking this cocktail, even just sipping, um, let's put me up to at least an eight, eight, nine. I... I get up early, so... <laughs> yeah, fair. You get back early, too. This one was started a little bit late, so Kelsey's mm. a little bit sleepy, so I got that <laughs> cute sleepy drunk. I'm at a... Yeah, about a seven or eight, I think. Um, certainly shouldn't drive. Um, uh, or <laughs> certainly shouldn't record a podcast either, but hey, that's the conceit. That's what we do. That's what we do, There's baby. There's no license to podcast. They're probably... <laughs> Wow! With the, with the bad boys of podcasting. Oh. <laughs> All right, so Trolls World Tour after this, absolutely locked Probably. in. That is almost certainly going to be our like God come down it. movie. Um, but what I'm going to come down to. And speaking of uh, Trolls World Tour, let's go into grief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, actually, why not? <laughs> first one I'd love to talk about, um, the sound design of this film. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. I mean, to start things off, uh, I believe it opens up with like a really like folksy... Uh, Just like a light acoustic guitar. Um, yeah. Um, score. It opens up with a really uh, like country kind of score that just fits beautifully with the scene i know that's not a totally abstract combination anymore i mean fuck cowboy viva i was thinking cowboy cowboys and aliens i mean shit it's it's almost the fact that they're so different sci-fi and western Hmm. that they're so similar in a way i mean the great the new frontier or whatever they call it Mm so it makes sense to combine the two, but it just works. Sound design, um, it it just feels really beautiful. Yeah, that. Uh, just the acoustic with the heavily scientific, um, kind of almost leads like it almost personifies it. There's like a sort of empathy that I get when I hear that sound and see life Mm -hmm. honestly it uh that's a good that's a good point um because it um like if you had a more um quote-unquote typical sci-fi thing where it's more synth heavy um it would be it'd be easier to put it in like a sci-fi category instead of like a human drama category Mm -hmm. i think the folksy soundtrack grounds it um, yeah in that um I mean, you still do get bits of the of the sci-fi with. Oh, absolutely, visually. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like uh, audio, audio too, like with the that that. <laughs> I, oh, the oh, uh-huh. yeah, the alien sound design, and that was, I think, a really good choice to do to deviate and uh, give the final scenes when they enter the lighthouse and see. Uh, go into the hole in the lighthouse and see the complete alien insides of almost what is creating 
Yeah. All of this great um, idea to give it a completely separate sound from the rest of the film. Yeah, because I don't think that repeats anywhere else. I was trying to think of. I didn't hear it. No, I was trying to think of. I was trying to listen to the rest of the film. Um, Most of it had uh, no score or really limited. um, Relied a lot on like natural sounds. From what I remember and could tell. Yeah. Um, Damn. um, And then the bear scene. (laughs) Using the... uh, (laughs) Jesus Christ. That's one of the scariest shits I've ever seen. (laughs) I forgot they were tied up when that happened. Like, that just made it... When when it opens up to them being tied to chairs, I was just like, oh, this is the scene. And I completely forgot. Like, makes it way worse. You start with, with a character having a mental breakdown... And then it gets worse. Yes. And the decision to like have the death throes of Shepard coming from the bear. That was gorgeous. That was terrifying. That would be terrifying. That is nightmarish, honestly. Yeah. I. Goddamn. Yes. (laughs) And the, the, I, I don't know how noticeable it is in the film but definitely in like concept art also like there's another skull protruding from the side of the bear skull oh that's i didn't even pretty. catch that that's good i only <laughs> noticed to look for it because we were looking at the concept right. art honestly <laughs> uh, man but um not a lot of monsters but the monster design alien design in this was really really well done i know we touched on that previously but like with this we have more like character what with the bear and mm-hmm. then later in the lighthouse scene with the mimic yeah god what a way to drive that and settle home i know for me personally uh when i think of my most terrifying monster it is always in the shape of a human rather than like uh, in the shape of an animal it always has to have some human characteristic and boy did that ever uh bring that home Mm-hmm. All right. Light, light. Look at the light. <laughs> You're welcome. Hmm. I've made a career sneezing. <laughs> that would land so much better if I was like an allergist or something. <laughs> Fuck. All right, career change. No, it's the now you just have a podcast. Hmm. <laughs> ah! <laughs> um. Should we st- do we want to get in dive into the um the thesis statement of the movie? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think um maybe even going like scene by scene again, kind of like setting up what the last half of the movie was. Mm-hmm. Um so it picks up with Shepard missing and the crew is has decided to move on. They make a brief aside where they stumble across a belonging of shepherds and go to look for, uh, follow the trail that it seems that she's left and then find the dead body of shepherds. So rip, but drink, um, (laughs) and make the ultimate decision of going to the lighthouse and then trying to find their way back from there. And, uh, I really uh, love the journey from that point on 
I think it does a lot of really good. I mean, the whole movie does, but I think in that part, I really noticed, um, what's her name? Not Anya. It's. Do you remember the actor? Yeah. Gina. Uh, oh, it is Anya. Okay. Oh, good job. <laughs> um, Anya, the, uh, she gets very, you can visibly see her get very distrustful of, Natalie Portman's character. Lena. Lena. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Anya gets very distrustful of Lena in that moment. It's been building, obviously, the tension. She doesn't want to believe what's happening around her. But I just love that you can really see in that moment how, where her importances lie, uh, how her character is going to act and react in this movie. She's definitely more of like a loyalty person. Um, but more on that, I think, uh, that goes into, like you were saying, the thesis statement of the movie, which seems to be dealing with grief. And she kind of exemplifies like an archetype <laughs> of that. If you go by that, like the, the, um, what's the five, the five stages. Even. Oh yeah. The five stages of grief. What are they? It's like, it's a uh, denial, anger, bargaining, a fourth one, and then acceptance. <laughs> Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, uh, acceptance. I always forget depression. Me too. <laughs> baseline. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, and I don't know if they're like always like um, perfect one for one. It'd be interesting to hear the um, uh, both the director and the original writer of the manuscript um, talk about it. But uh, yeah, I, I you could definitely clearly see each character dealing with the grief of losing something. Um, yes, it varies for each character, but um, um, and then hand, they they handle it each in different ways. Clearly, some are um more productive with it, uh, or um, more healthy. Eh, seemingly, right? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, if it's all dealing with grief, it's just they each have different ways of embodying it. Mm, yeah, you know, like um. Josie. Tessa Thompson's character? Yes. She, her character, uh, survives, uh, is one of the last three, um, and survives to the town, mm -hmm. uh, that is the coastal town that got absorbed, or that needed to get evacuated, mm -hmm. uh, after this, uh, the shimmer had happened. Um, and that's where you see all the figures that are made out of foliage, out of flowers. Um, really beautiful, really haunting figures. Um, but it seemed almost like her dealing was more like acceptance. She That's made like pretty clear, honestly, with her dialogue. She says something about Lena wanting to fight. And Ventress wanting to face it. And Ventress wanting to face it. And she says, I want to do neither of those things. I want to do something different. And it's kind of implied that, I don't know, she wants to accept it. It shows her walking through the figures away from Lena and growing more flowers um, and plants out of her body. Uh, she was a cutter and it tells that and shows that and uh it shows the plants like coming out of her arms um so it seemed like her deal was more 
she was implying that more she wanted to accept mm-hmm. what was going on or that she was inevitably going to become a part of it because she did she was the first to figure out that um the phenomenon that was going on changed or um reflected the dna of everything that it encountered so basically that it was changing yeah <laughs> everything <laughs> and everyone that came in contact with us which is pretty alarming. <laughs> Something to drink to, definitely. <laughs> I mean, which is why, <laughs> companionably. Yeah. That's why we are uh, down two drinks. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> um, again, drinking game stays pretty well paced. Yeah, it really does. I mean, there's definitely more deaths in this last half. But yeah, I, I felt pretty well paced throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. They also, I mean, in addition to everyone sort of reacting to grief in their own way, Josie going into acceptance, Anya very much in the denial, anger sort of zone. I think. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> anger. Her character was charged. Her character was passionate. Yeah. Even from the very moment you met her, she was the one who decided that she wanted to befriend Lena. Yeah. She was a a mover in that. She was very emotional. Yeah. To um yeah L- Lena and Ventress who are more um trying to I guess I think bargain. Or, or they they want something out of this experience. Yeah, bargaining, denying it. Yeah. Um, I'd say Ventress was almost denying just by the fact that some of her last words were, what was it? Um, uh, the person that started this journey, by the end of this, we will have changed like so much that it won't be the same person. She mm-hmm. says something along the lines of, I want to be the person that ends this. Yeah, which which really brings into they they talk about identity a lot, uh, sort of within the context of grief. Um, Ventress, yeah, makes the point of of wanting to be the same person at the end of the journey as at the start. Um, Shepard uh, mm-hmm. also makes a similar mm-hmm. point um, at the, at the very beginning of when they get into the shimmer of um, of when you when you go through grief of of. And yes, this, yes, yeah. That she said that she was mourning. She explains that. Uh, she's actually the first to apply that everybody is here because they have lost mm-hmm. something or have, I guess, nothing to lose. Yeah, all damaged goods, I think. All damaged yeah. goods, which, you know, her words, not mine. Right. But uh, she says that when she lost her daughter to leukemia, it was almost like mourning two deaths, her daughter and then the person that she used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that that also sort of tie, that that relationship with the person she was before um, is echoed in Oscar Isaac's character Kane mm-hmm. um, when he is questioning um, to his his mirror itself um, which which one of them is the true person um, um, like were you me am I you etc cetera, etc cetera, um, sort of highlighting the um, once you go through that traumatic event. Um, once you come out of it at the other side of it, um, uh, bringing it back around to what Shepard was saying, um, are you, are you the same person afterwards? And that is sort of where we, where we leave Lena and Kane at the end, uh, where Lena's asking, are you, are you the same person I knew before you went through this, this event? Um, and Kane's like, I, I don't think so. I think it's even going further than that in applying the affair. Oh yeah? Yeah, I really do because like in the uh when it uh the flashback where it shows him leaving, I mean, the person that came to her 
looked like the person who left her, mm-hmm. not the person who died. There, Oscar Isaac's character, uh, Kane, was unkempt, was disheveled, had gone through a lot. But the mimic that was created was hair slicked back mm-hmm. and looked exactly like the cane that was at the bedside holding her hand when he said that he needed to leave that day. So I think that might have been when he had his first big shift in identity. Whereas when Natalie Portman's character, Lena, was mimicked by the thing, it looked exactly like when she was when she entered the lighthouse. <laughs> And we, which we can, we, we, we got, we got to see that, that transformation happen in real time. Oh, that was freaky. Oh my God. Oh, the, the worst part about it is those, those eyes, eyes come through like, you don't need to show that to me. Come on. No, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. No, that is a good comparison. Cause like, yeah, he's, he's definitely a lot more grungy. Well, the, 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 what we assume is the true him. And then you see the on camera, the sort of slick back. Uh, yeah and yeah that's not even how his hair is in other flashbacks you know his hair's not always slicked back like that that was actually like a really startling really obvious change for his character look Mm -hmm. in no other flashback is a slick back like that was it slick back like in the one where he left or yeah in the one where he left when he's sitting on the edge of the bed and he's like yo i gotta leave and she's Mm -hmm. like today and he's like uh yeah Mm mm-hmm and that's when, like, it keeps on referring to that flashback um, when it also kind of refer- refers to the fact that, like, there might have been, like, an affair going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that's what leads me to believe that, like, maybe it was also kind of referring to, like, who are we before and after this knowledge? Who are we before uh, and after, you know, um, the experience. Right. The understanding, the change, the great changes in our life, the traumatic experience the un- figuring out uh knowing of a secret mm-hmm. um yeah the understanding of a great phenomenon right yeah which is i mean it's its own sort of grief as well like like we were talking about it in the sense of like uh illness but yeah for those two i'm sure that could be just as uh, grief worthy oh absolutely yeah. and i mean like the whole film is like one great reference i mean it makes one great reference to cancer um like in almost every single part of yeah, it in, i mean in a pretty unsubtle sort of way <laughs> yeah completely unsubtle i mean like it's constantly the phenomenon is constantly referred to as like malignant as cancerous as a tumor mm-hmm. the first cell dividing uh Images you see are of cancer cells. Mm-hmm. Um, Natalie Portman's character, Lena, refers to, although this is talking less about cancer and more about the fact that, like, imperfections are by design exactly what life is. Mm-hmm. That life wouldn't be as meaningful as it is if not for kind of the fact that, like, death happens to us. Yeah. to the cells it's a pretty good it's a pretty good it's a very good movie <laughs> i did fine <laughs> right it's all right yeah no. about like human experience and acceptance mm-hmm. 
think I have anything else to add. That was a pretty good uh, summary. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, a wild, funky ride. <laughs> and one thing that does need to be made mention of is right after Shepard gets taken and when in the scene where the bear finds them, they make safe haven in a house. And I swear to God, guys, this is like the, like, this is pretty, like, room for room, uh, Lena's house. Like, when it shows them entering the front, uh, foyer with the hallway and the staircase, it's the exact same shot and angle as every single time it, uh, shows Lena's house. Like, there's, okay, there's a couple scenes where it will show, Oscar Isaac or Natalie Portman entering or walking around the house and it shows this hallway to kitchen uh, and then staircase uh, view. Mm -hmm. And it's the exact same as in that. And like (laughs) nobody in film makes reference of it. I'm just like, was that repurposed set design or was that on purpose set design? Ah, were you silent or were you silenced? Mm. <laughs> no, I agree. Like, like they pointed it out to me as we were watching this time. Like I, I had never caught that in other viewings of this movie. Um, um, and I, I missed, I missed the, the foyer sort of shot, but then there was a, a shot of the um, dinner table where um, previously in the scene, we see, um, um, Lena and and Kane having a conversation. Uh, Kane's drinking a glass of water. Um, yeah, that's the same table. It's the same. Like the fridge is there. It's it's yeah. That's the same house. Yeah. And I yeah, I'm pretty sure I, that's got to be some degree of intentional. Like like if if it was refracted from her memories. Um, Ooh yeah. I mean, obviously that happens with the voices and. Yeah, I mean, every, everything gets reflected, right? So why not that, too? Pretty fucking creepy. It's pretty fucking creepy. Pretty fucking beautiful. <laughs> if you guys have never seen this film, please do. It's <laughs> really, really good. It's so suspenseful and thought-provoking, and it's a really empathetic journey, I think. They do so well by their characters. Yeah, even the the, um, the ones who react to grief is like... As you wouldn't maybe want them to. Like, oh, who I don't, cares? I don't th- All ways of grief are mm-hmm. like how you wouldn't want to. You don't want to encounter grief. But I mean, the the, the movie doesn't like punch down on them for doing that. Well, the bear does punch down on them, but I don't think the movie does. Right. It's <laughs> nature versus... Yeah. Bear. Man. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a really good film to see if you are in the mood to watch something... Uh, kind of thought provoking and um about entropy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if if yeah, it's just, it's just, this is this is a really good confluence of like sci-fi, horror, philosophy. Great like design all around. Um, colorful, colorful. Too. Oh my god, col- yeah. which is a really nice yeah thing to add into any horror film. Mm-hmm. And I would say. I'm sufficiently drunk after drinking to this movie. <laughs> yes. So uh, drinking game worked. Drinking game good. We, yeah. Good drinking game. Good drink. 
wild fucking ride. Very. Well, thank you for tuning in. Yes. It's been great. We will catch you next week for um, Shrek the Third. God. Uh, I'm Sammy. And I'm Kelsey. Thanks. We love you. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in.